I, I sometimes feel like deity, like that's their starting point. Like they look down and see, well, who's the most stubborn humans we can find? Oh, there's a good candidate right there. <laughs> I think that is like some of the starting qualifications. They go like the pound and they're like, which one is your worst behaved? That one? <laughs> Give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine yourself under a starry sky, around the warm glow of a sacred fire, where speakers gather to share their wisdom and insights. Creating a sacred space where all are welcome to warm their hands, here are your hosts, Caitlin Stormbreaker, Sarenth Odinson, and Jim Two Snakes, discuss spirituality, mythology, animism, and culture around a virtual sacred fire. Welcome. 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 Won't you join us around Grandfather Fire? Welcome to the season of summer, to those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. This is the time of tending those seeds that we sown in the spring, the ones that we wish to rise and be fruitful for ourselves in the fall. This is the time of year where the really hard work gets put in because we are unsure of the outcome come fall. Now is the time to dig in your heels and dig up those weeds and tend to those plants, cut away the disease and find the fruits that are growing within your lives. Tend to your gardens Make sure everything is watered. Make sure everything has what it needs to grow and flourish and bring you fruits in the fall. I offer a prayer now to your own fields, to your own gardens. May what you have planted in the spring be fruitful. May you find the strength to follow the path as it is laid down to you. May you be able to listen and see what is needed so that you can harvest a giant yield come fall. I'm so excited for this work that you are all doing, and I can't wait to see what you sow. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode 114. I'm your host, Jim Two Snakes, joined as always by my good friends and co-host, Saren Thodenson and Caitlin Stormbreaker, who I will be referring to as Storm for most of this episode, and you'll understand why there in a minute. How are you both doing tonight? Yeah, I, I genuinely wish you the best of luck with that. Yeah, I know it, you've, right? <laughs> you've known me as Caitlin for 10 plus years, <laughs> um, and I will do my best not to respond to my, my given name, but we'll see what happens. Good luck. yeah i'll need it um i've actually been really good i so i I figured out i have this cycle uh with my writing to where i would go a few weeks writing and then several days of like intensive study into certain aspects of writing because something will come up in the story that i'm like this is not working out and i need to find out why and then go into oh yeah hyper focus of like 
studying things, which I really want to plug this one website that I found, which is amazing and gives like really in-depth detail for our aspiring authors out there, but it's called Helping Authors Become Writers. No spaces, no capitals, no periods, no nothing.com. And it is a phenomenal resource. And I encourage anybody who wants to be an author someday who is working and struggling through the craft of writing, find this website, check it out. It has helped me so much. Oh, that's awesome. Last few weeks. And yeah, I just, I, I hope it works out well for everybody else. And we bought fishing poles today. We're going to be fisher people. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Very excited about that. We're, Very cool. We, we are going to be a catch and release people to begin with, probably. I'm usually just a float on the water kind of person, but. I mean, I'm going for that too, let's be honest. <laughs> Any reason to go out in the boat is a reason to be right? in the boat. But... Exactly. Exactly. How are you doing, Sarah? I am doing excellent. Um, my partner reviewed the, uh, my partner Emily reviewed the, uh, the blog post I just made, uh, which was posted like literally 10 minutes before we got on this call. I saw a notification. Um, so I'm really happy for that. That was a gigantic pain in the ass. Thank you, Malik. Um, aside from that, uh, I have like 13 revisions on that fucking thing. They know what they did. <laughs> um, aside from that, I saw uh, uh, Across the Spider-Verse today. Fucking loved it. Oh, awesome. I am a huge, huge fan of the Miles Morales Spider-Man. And yeah, um, I actually used to collect the Spider-Gwen series and followed her line into Ghost Spider, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, funny enough, have the backlog. So I, I like need to go read that at some point during this vacation, maybe. Um, but yeah, really exceptionally happy with it. No spoilers. Just go see it. If you have the opportunity, apparently there's multiple versions in multiple theaters. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. So I'm I'm excited to go back and see it again. Yeah. Oh, and you just got back from a big trip too. Yes. I just got back from Troth Moot. It's my first Troth Moot. It's my first year as a member of the Troth. I am completely blown away. My expectations were exceeded. My hopes were reached. And then some, I got to do a lot of networking and a lot of talking with people. It was phenomenal um and as part of that i actually got to be part of the little group of people that helped overturn the uh ban against certain yotnar being hailed during the grand sumble so nice. Nice. Uh, all truth events now accept that any of the the yotnar can be hailed and they also accept that any of the yotnar can be hailed during the grand sumble so uh serious hats off to the troth serious hats off to everybody that was involved with that uh i know that's awesome uh yeah i i am exceptionally pleased with the troth and i am very happy to have joined this year yeah and speaking of the troth i want to throw a shout out out there because we uh were told and a few of us have gone and looked at it already they've launched a new library sort of website, a lot of resources for heathen and heathen interested people so that's Mm -hmm. that's something that uh uh, apparently on first blush looks really good and is very well organized. We remember the old Troth website. Their updated website is WordPress based and it looks fucking great, especially when you <laughs> compare it to 
the yesteryears because it definitely looks like it was designed in the, the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> uh, the new one is excellent. That's the whole MySpace look to it. it? <laughs> not quite that bad, but you can definitely tell it was showing its teeth. You know, it was yeah, a long in the yeah. tooth and needed a revamp. So I'm really For happy that they did that. For uh, any of our listeners who are interested in more information about the Troth, we did actually uh, interview the steer of the Troth, Lauren Crow, um, a few episodes back in episode 108. So if you want to learn more about that, learn about the organization, the people who run it, um, go check that out. That's who gave us the heads up about the renovated website, too. So very worthy. Mm -hmm. So. All in all, excellent. My vacation's been going spectacularly. Uh, actually, for those who um, can see on the Patreon uh, video link uh, behind me as actually a couple of brand new things, uh, norm- normally, bleh, especially the rune ultra cloth that's behind me. And there's also a little wooden guy I'm going to pick up and show. Uh, this was made by a Ukrainian artisan whose oh, cool. home actually was bombed during the uh, invasion by Russia. Oh, wow. So my partner, Emily, bought this for me, and this is an Ulf Hethnar, and he lives on my altar now. I'm very happy with him. But these That's a wolf-headed he, warrior? Is that what? Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a wolf-headed warrior. Uh, Ulf Hethnar translates roughly to wolf shirt, and... They're a group of warriors of various uh, genders and backgrounds, and I honor all of them. Um, and yeah, so very happy with him. He's awesome. I'm actually yes. really surprised that his spear survived the, the trip home. Right. Kudos to the guy who wrapped him up. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be good packaging to survive uh, yeah. trip halfway across the world in that yeah. with that delicate of ease. Yeah. So I'm very I'm very honored and happy to have him here. So, yeah, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, just I, I know I won't, I won't wait for you guys to ask. I'm doing pretty good, mostly working around the house. Uh, started re-roofing the house. He's learning the chicken coop. I know it. You know, just just real round the house sort of things. Real mm-hmm. quiet. Just kind of solstice celebration. Just kind of observed it a little bit. Nothing. Nothing too unusual or fancy just you know peace and quiet the home life what i said my goal was going to be for this this year so that's been going really well that's really awesome to hear i'm I'm glad that you're settling into a more quiet lifestyle one that's less (laughs) well i did kind of you know put in for a promotion at work so we'll see how that turns out well hey that's a good (laughs) step yeah you know you know um Hoping, if fingers crossed, if if I get through the promotion, uh, be a temporary supervisor and possibly a full time supervisor after that, which would mean that I might get hours where I'm able to see Ooh. my lovely wife a little bit more and things like that. So fingers crossed. Yeah, speaking of Luck hours, yeah, hours to see spouses. Uh, my husband just went back to first shift like oh, two weeks ago. Really, really? like whole weekends together now what? and i get I to see it. him for hours in the evening and yeah it's awesome <laughs> that is awesome I, I enjoy it quite a bit he doesn't like the 4 30 a.m wake up call but no that's a little rough yeah 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 that'd be a similar shift to how what i'd be on if i if i transitioned over so but Oof. it is what it is yeah 
you know me, sleep and sleep and me are kind of dubious dance partners to begin with. So yeah, you guys have a kind of touch and go relationship. That's right. Sometimes it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> you got that right. I, I don't understand that, right. that. I am so mad at younger me for fighting naps as much as I did. My God, telling you. amazing. I'm telling you. Yeah. I, last weekend I hung up the hammock and that was wonderful. Took a little doze out there for a bit. So it's like, <laughs> it's going to be summer, damn it. I'm going to at least put the hammock up. So I definitely feel you on the whole housework thing. My parents have been amazing. Dad brought over a DR and started shaving. You know, that patch of brambles and woods and shit behind my house. Yeah. It's cleared. There's like oh, a whole wow. other, like, you, you know how big my garden is? My garden is almost a quarter acre on its own. It turns out where that bramble and, and crappy tree thing was sitting, it turns out there's another quarter acre there behind my shed yeah. that we couldn't get wow. to because it was just overgrown. Because it turns out there was like five years, six years of neglect. So, mm-hmm. like, before we bought the place. So now it's like, oh, we can see. There's stuff back here. <laughs> like there's a giant fucking birch tree back there we didn't see. There's two apple yeah, trees yeah. in our front yard we couldn't get to. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I definitely feel you on the oh yard work housework. <laughs> yeah. Been, been a theme during my vacation too. It's good for well, you. Well, if you guys if you guys would like, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. This is one that's gonna be kind of exciting. Um, and and the reason why I said I'll be trying to refer to Storm tonight, because our guest tonight is named Caitlin as well, who goes by Worthy Cause Online, a cosplayer, and really important, we thought would be an interesting conversation, a sixth generation military member who discovered their pagan path while in the military. So I thought that was going to be a great topic. So welcome, Caitlin, to Around Grandfather Fire. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I, I have to say, you have the greatest name ever, and it's spelled correctly. (laughs) It is. Thank you very much. I got it for my birthday. (laughs) I I did too. (laughs) We were just talking about this yesterday at work because they were writing my name on the board because we were signing up for a potluck. And they were like, wait, how do you spell your name? I was like, the correct way? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. And you always get that look of like, what is the correct way? And then I was like, yeah, it's like the traditional Gaelic spelling, but without the accent marks. So they just started adding <laughs> random accent marks onto my name. And then they had the Spanish question marks on both sides. I love it. I have my phone at work. I would have taken a picture because it was so funny. <laughs> uh, I love, yeah, coworkers are the best when they give you the proper kind of razzing like that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I was excited about having you on the show because, like I said, we hadn't really uh, we've touched on this on the edges a few times. We've had a few people that are, you know, ex-military or whatever. But it was really interesting to me when you contacted me and, and and said that you know sixth generation, and yet, you know, so I got to assume this means like you know, while you're familiar with your job in some ways, you were still like off and away from family and doing things, and all of a sudden, hey, look, here's paganism. So <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you got started on your path? Uh, so starting with the, the military side, so I'm a second-generation sailor. My parents met on a ship and found out about me on deployment um, on my mom's <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah, it was real interesting. Um, on my mom's side, two of my sisters had joined the army. They were sixth generation army, like all the way down. 
um, all the way back to um, in the Civil War. We don't know too much about the Civil War and the guy in between's generation. But um, and then my mom and all three of her siblings were in. So it went Army, Navy, Marine, Army. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's it's I've been around it my entire life. I was born and raised in Norfolk. Uh, I ended, I didn't join right away. I was sort of planning on like not joining the military, um, <laughs> but it just ended up working out. So I ended up joining the Navy because the Air Force recruiters were not nice and they weren't listening. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go over to the Navy. I know about them anyway. Uh, so I joined in 2017. Um, my first duty station was an aircraft carrier out of San Diego. Uh, we were operational for about a year, and then we went to the shipyards for its midlife overhaul uh, in Washington State. We were there for a little over a year and a half, um, and then right before COVID hit, um, I was traveling for a convention. I traveled to Maryland for a convention that I go to every year, which is Katsukan, and I made friends like out of the blue with a person who lived 45 minutes away from me back in Washington, who was, we met through a a mutual friend who was staying in the room that I was in. And I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm flying back to Seattle. And they're like, I'm also flying back to Seattle. Um, And so when we came back, COVID had hit and everything was shut down. So my day to day was really just work home and me and my best friend are homebodies anyway, and everything was shut down. So my friend was like, well, you can come over to our house. And I was like, okay. So I would make four to five minute drive. And the first day I was at their house, I saw their altar on top of their dresser. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, oh, that's my altar. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> um, and from there, it just kind of, I was like, because growing up, I had, my dad's a Buddhist. And my mom was sort of like not religious, but like Christian. <laughs> um, right. So like until I was about 13 or 14, I was kind of just like agnostic. Like religion was a thing, but I didn't really care. It was just out there. My parents got divorced when I was 13. My dad's mom moved in, who was like hella Southern Baptist. Um forced me to go to church for a while that was not super fun got into a lot of arguments about that so I was still kind of in the like yeah it exists it's not for me it's whatever um and then like once I started having these conversations with my friend I was like things are starting to make a lot more sense some things are happening I'm hearing things uh and then a couple months later I like sat down and I had got my first pendulum and I started like doing divination and I was like oh this feels great this feels right and then it's just kind of grown from there and now it's been three years um my practice has grown and it twisted and went down a path that I was never expecting it to go down but um if I hadn't joined the navy and gone all the places I had I probably either would have gotten to it much later or maybe never. It's definitely been interesting. Um, <laughs> right. Um, on the ship, I wasn't able to do much, um, but 
I've since moved to Florida. I've been here for two years at a shore command and it has been a lot better. And now, now they're like, are you going to go back to sea? And I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> they're like, why can't you go back to sea? And I'm like, it doesn't fit in my life anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> so how would you describe your path right now? So I actually just went through a bit of a change. So um, my team is primarily Greek, my main team, and I had some entities come in and I'm going to be moving more into demonolatry. Um, And Brigid just came in kicking around um, to help me with some (laughs) ancestor work. (laughs) So um, actually with your family background, that makes complete sense, actually. Oh, yes. Um, All of my family are from various parts of the UK way back when so I'm like not surprised um but outside of the ancestor work I really don't see myself going down much of a path with Celtic anything um there's been a little sprinkling of Norse here and there but that's going to be more my sister's thing once she finally gets the memo (laughs) (laughs) you see the writing on the wall and she doesn't yeah I oh because I live my mom and my sister live with me and the dog um so Brigitte's been around for a while for my mother because I've been hearing her because if you looked at my mother you'd be like yeah she's Irish and then my sister is very much like Thor core (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) um so they've just sort of been like osmosising everything from me because we've been living together for about a year and a half now um and my mom, when I told her that I had converted, she was like, okay. I was like, what do you mean, okay? <laughs> she was like, you've been obsessed with mythology since you were like six years old. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, I'm just not surprised. You didn't really care about like religion. <laughs> That's cool. That is and the best now, reaction ever. Right? <laughs> You did the same All thing right. when I came out as gay. She was like, All right. okay. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I've known you were gay since you were in middle school. I was like, I'm 21. Did you want to tell me? Right? You want to clear me in? Thanks. <laughs> it's like, no, it's one of those things that they got to lead themselves to the river to figure it out. Right, I can't, right. I can't break that. Like, dropped a hint or something. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like every single other. birthday cake having rainbows wasn't a hint. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was particular about my cake, so she couldn't have like used that to edge it in there. Oh, nice! Oh. I don't think a, a a rainbow will really mix in with a carrot cake all that well. That'd be a little odd. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little bizarre. Yep. Wait, so you're telling me that carrot cake is your favorite cake? It's one of them. It's mine as well. <laughs> we share more than just a name. It's a Caitlin saying, carrot connection. Carrot cake, <laughs> Boston cream pie, and then red velvet. I, you know, I used to love red velvet a lot, and then I had uh, one of my old roommates got a massive red velvet cake that we both demolished together. And the after effect. <laughs> 
kind of turned me off to red velvet cake after that. It's still delicious. And I'll look at it from a distance and be like, you're great, but I'm going to stay over here because that was a panic. I did not need the following morning. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's like those, uh, those late nights when you've got that one alcohol that if you even look at the bottle, you're like, I remember Ooh. you and I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That exists. That's me when yep. I smell any of those really strong hand sanitizers and I'm like, oh, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, no. Oh, man. And then I work, so like, I work at a, um, a combatant command. So I work with contractors and civilians who like 98% of them are all former military. And most of them are like, mm, tequila. And I'm like, huh. Stay away from me. <laughs> oh no, just the name. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that happens. And they're like, you're only 25. You shouldn't sound this old. And I'm like, you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> Being in the shipyards, because I work with more like ex-army and like oh, Air Jesus. Force people. And I'm like, the shipyards were the worst time of my life because I was also in charge of a team because we were doing construction on the ship. So I had like a hundred kids that I was in charge of. Oh no. And it's COVID and they have nowhere to go. And I'm like, Oh, oh no. I was like, oh, that's so the worst. I would have to like supervise in the barracks because I was like one of the only E fives. Cause I had just made rank, but I couldn't move out yet. And I was like, oh, this is going to, Oh, it's worse than an RA position. Jesus. (laughs) We had RAs and they were like chiefs and they weren't doing anything. And I was like. That's what the E5s are for. (laughs) It was was a time that I don't ever wish to repeat. It was bad. Yeah. We could have been in a worse location, though. Like Washington State was it was pretty. It was really pretty. And not that bad. We could have been like in Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, your age brings up an interesting question to me because if I can be if I can be honest, that Sarenth and Stora and myself, we are a little bit longer in the tooth in the pagan community, and so are a lot of our guests. So it's actually kind of refreshing to hear someone that hasn't been part of this for 20 years already coming into it fairly recently like how did you find the community was it welcoming was it confusing like how how is it coming into paganism in a in a more modern light i have definitely been far more solitary with like a couple like at least in person people only here and there um i've definitely had more of like an online community Mm -hmm. that i've talked to um, particularly through like TikTok and then like slowly moving on to like Instagram. Because um, when we lived in Washington, it was COVID and couldn't go out and like meet people. Then we moved back to San Diego and it was like even stricter lockdown. Um, and then I moved across the country. Uh, and then when I got here, it's just, I haven't made that many at least military friends. Mm-hmm. When I, I made uh, quite a few civilian friends, um, and I've helped a couple people come into and like 
convert and find their path. Um, but it's definitely been far more solitary for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just more of a solitary person in general, especially yeah. when it comes to dealing with like such personal things. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is like, you know, we've observed a lot like with TikTok, for example, I, you know, I'm a big fan of TikTok, um, but like there's a lot of competition and a one-upsmanship and bad information and you you know i imagine you can tell me was it you know is it hard to find good information was it hard to figure out who to trust like how did is it is it because like for us uh, for us you know it was like you know it was a, it was a little bit more word of mouth a lot of reading you know, and then eventually started to find more and more people. And it's it's a little bit different with you guys using more video and social media and that sort of thing. So, you know, was it a was it a difficult process, would you say? Or how did you sort out good information from bad? For me, it it's definitely been a little different than a lot of like other people do because research is literally my job. Um so <laughs> I like doing research a lot of the people that I've followed or have just seen are a lot of them like will like present sources and stuff. And so I'll be able to start with that and go do my own research and then branch off from there. And being a, someone with like a more Hellenic practice, there seems to be like a significant amount more of information available about the various practices that fall into it. Um, as I'm starting in demonolatry, I know that my researching is going to be put to the test. Um, but as far as like people wise like content creators it's definitely been a journey because as much as we can research it's hard when people only present the sides that you want to see so I have definitely gone like I have unfollowed I've blocked creators when they finally like the facade wears off and then they Mm. come up to be like you know terrible people I know that Um, feeling that sucks I feel for you So, um, but luckily, like, I don't, my presence online is, like, strictly content. So, so, like, I don't myself make content about it. I just use my accounts to, like, follow other people and, like, gather resources and stuff. But it has definitely been, um, it's been a a journey. I also use technology in, I ask my team to like send me stuff that they want me to see. So like tarot readings, informational posts, um, research opportunities, like all sorts of stuff. Um, And I know that if I hadn't asked them to do that, I'm sure they would have wormed their way in there eventually. Um, But for me, it's worked out really well because they know how to get my attention and they'll be like, show me like one thing or, they'll have a video like come back up in some sort of way. But so in my experience, I've had a good time using it and being able to find resources on my own and, you know, book with various practitioners, whether it's like tarot or um, identification sessions or practice paths, um, you do. Sorry, the dog is moving. <laughs> I, I get it. I have a uh, seven-month-old puppy who is like, when he's around, it's just like, what are you, what are you doing? What's in your mouth? Hold on. Daisy, get off my sweater. <laughs> Case in point. 
<laughs> right? Her name is Daisy? Yes, she's my mom's. She is a two-year-old pit mix, and she oh. is menace to society. That is much bigger than my mom's Daisy, because my mom also has a dog named Daisy, but oh she goodness. is a Shih Tzu. What the fuck? She is a menace. She has no thoughts, only Mario Kart music in her head. <laughs> that is okay. I love her. Um, oh, yes. She's not mine, but my deities also use her to get my attention at times. She uh-huh. will come into my room and jump on me and like just sit there and stare at me. And I'm like, what? And then I'll hear, go do something or go do whatever. And I'm like, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I was spacing out. (laughs) I just want to sit here and doom scroll on TikTok. Just send me a video. And they're like, no, no, get off your ass. Go do something. Right now I'm in the process of redoing all my altar stuff. So nice. They're like, what's my offerings? (laughs) <laughs> you're right. it's like a, a cat that wakes you up at 601 because you're a minute late and they're just hovering over you like where the hey, fuck hey, is my hey. food <laughs> um my my spirits and guides actually uh communicate with me in a very kind of similar way not with tiktok because i have kind of like exiled that from my life um for many reasons but uh, they often communicate with me via the playlists on my Spotify. So if I'm listening to music and a specific song comes on, then I'm like, okay, I got to do something. And then I'll like kind of filter out my thoughts and talk to them and try to figure out like what the fuck is going on. Because I mean, I have a playlist that is like three or four hours long and the odds of this song coming up are pretty slim, but I hear it almost every day. So usually it's like, hey, there's a thing you need to be doing and you're not doing it. So you should probably go fucking do it. Like, okay, yeah, I got it. That's fine. Okay. Whatever. Um, I am curious, uh, when you started your path and when you first started getting the pings, I know you said that you went to your friend's house and saw their altar set up and uh, started with a pendulum and just kind of seeking and asking questions. Who was the first deity that, or or being even, uh, or spirit that kind of like pinged you and said, "Hey, pay attention to me"? And um, do you still work with them? It was actually two of them at the same time. So the first two deities were Aphrodite and Persephone. Okay, and then Hades came along real shortly after that because I mm-hmm. just wasn't paying attention like I should. <laughs> um. And they were like, um, yeah, actually, we're a package deal. <laughs> um, all three are still currently on my team. <laughs> and I love them dearly. Um, Aphrodite came through for multiple reasons. But, like, the biggest thing was because I am a sailor. Um, she is a patron of sailors. And that has been a very interesting, like, connection that we've had compared to a lot of other people who are clearly not sailors or like connected to the sea in like any capacity um and then persephone was in the last couple of years my life has just been a series of significant changes um and it has just like it become increasingly larger amounts of change um and 
they have been around and I love working with them. I know that I don't work with them as much as they would like me to, but I, the ADHD comes through quite more than I would like to. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, have you had uh, somebody within your practice that you can use as like a sounding board? Like, especially at the beginning when you were kind of like trying to figure all this out and you have those moments of like, is this real or am I losing my fucking marbles? Like what's going on here? Did you have somebody there that you were able to like bounce things off of and ask Um, like, what the fuck is happening? Or did you just like grab the bull by the horns and take off? It was more of the just grabbed and go. I had been like very much a proof or nothing kind of person for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I started asking for signs and like things that were like not as concrete, I was like, oh, okay. And then my best friend who we were, we had just moved out in town out of the barracks when I had converted. And so I would like tell her stuff that would be happening and she'd be like, oh yeah, I saw that too. Like, you're not crazy. So she was there for it a little bit. She was raised like super heavy Catholic, but she was just super open and accepting of it all, which was amazing. Um, so, it, but it was definitely more of like doing it on my own and like figuring out on my own, like what was real, what was I going to take to heart and just figure out what, if it was nature or coincidence or what. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I, I actually, I, I, I actually kind of feel like flipping the the script of for a second here because as I said, we, you know, Sarah is an author, it's been published. Caitlin started her path through yoga and some other things. I've been doing this for a while. So flipping the script a little bit. Is there any questions that you've ever wanted to ask somebody that you haven't had a good opportunity to ask? Mm. Not really. <laughs> Because it's like, but if they are, they're like very targeted questions for somebody of a Hellenic practice. Sure, understandable. Sort of like in my path of being like um, going down, like being a full on Hellenistic practitioner, how would somebody like do all that pull into modern day while they have like a very, like a job like I have where it's very much like I have to go and be separated from the entire world. And then I can just still be free after work, but I have less than a year in and then I am free to <laughs> live my life the way I want. That's um, awesome. But it's for the most part, it's just taking it as it comes and just going with the flow. Understandable. Um, Understandable. Uh, we'll have to hook you up. We we have some good that. contacts in that area. We know we know a few Hellenic practitioners like, that might be really good. Right. Could you repeat that, Caitlin? I would love to talk to them. Awesome. I'm sorry? Okay. I know it kind I of broke up for a second. So <laughs> there we go. Um perfect. I know because I was thinking about this last night. Saw a thing that was like, what would you five years ago have you today? It's like, well, even back then, like when I first joined, I really like set 
like hard plans for the future. I was like, the you know, we're going with the flow. We've got backup plans just in case stuff happens. But like, I am leading up to the universe. What happens, happens. And I'm sure that the you know little like 19, 20 year old me would be like, you what? Because <laughs> I was living on the ship. We were actively on deployment. Like, I definitely would not have been able to practice the way that I would have wanted to, like I do now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's got to be really hard to practice on on a vessel or or with, or, you know, when you've got so many other people around, at least to, to be comfortable with it. Um, one of my um, shipmates, who she was actually my sponsor, she's a Norse pagan, and the the chaplains on the ship, they had various like um, religious services and they had, would have a pagan one. Um, And she was talking about it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't really know if that's for me. And then at one point after we were in the shipyards and we went back to San Diego, we were, I was on the ship for a couple of really short underways. And I was like, what am I going to bring with me that I'll be able to like, you know, do with my practice. And then I was just like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I was just, I just heard they were like, it's okay. You've got plenty of time. You have all the time in the world. We're with you all the time. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then I spent like all of, cause I was on nights. I just spent all of the night, like reading fan fiction anyway, cause we weren't doing anything <laughs> <laughs> and doing something like that. That like, I love, they're like, yes, do what you love. Do it in the face of, the DOD. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. that's gotta be hard. Cause like, uh, even it seems to me like, yeah, that the, uh, any sort of rituals or anything they offer through, through the, the military chaplaincy, they've got to be by nature, just a little bit more on the generic side to a certain degree. Yeah. I was actually looking into something um, because I had heard, um, they were trying to have a pagan chaplain, but the chaplain process is you have to be like sponsored by an official religious institution. Um, so I was reading a, a, an article. They were trying to have a, an Ossetru or a Troth um, person become a chaplain and they ended up not allowing it because the uh, organization that they were being sponsored by was not viewed as official and i was like dang because i don't want to go talk to any of the chaplains that i've had because they were all like very heavily christian and i was like i don't trust you my guy sorry yeah understandable mm-hmm. yeah you're probably gonna tell me i'm gonna go to hell and i'm gonna be like right after you <laughs> <laughs> peace out that is something that the troth is actively trying to work on as a matter of course um, we just had three more people get ordained over Throthmoot, and I know that is an active place that they really want to work on. They're actually uh, partnering up with the International Center for Religion and Diplomacy, uh, which you can find at uh, icrd.org to prevent uh, folks from being radicalized on exit from the military. Um, so uh, to me, I'm just like, if they're doing all of this extra work plus the open halls project that's headed up by Josh Heath, I'm like, how the fuck do you like look at the troth and go, well, you're not official. Like 
who do, do you want to be official? Because there's like the troth and the AFA. Like, you know, either pick the antidote or pick the poison, guys. I just wish there was a, a Hellenic group that was equivalent to it. I, I don't know any uh, offhandedly. Uh, the only other uh, groups that I can think of offhand that might have that kind of capacity would be the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, um, maybe Circle Sanctuary. Um, I can't think offhandedly at the moment if we have any official pagan chaplains in general. That's really yeah. frustrating. The last time I heard about that, the article was from like 2019 or 2020. So I think that COVID might have definitely like pushed it to the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I could say I'm shocked, but, you know, I'm unfortunately... <laughs> But I mean, within the last year, like at least in within the Navy, they've made a lot of big strides at the top levels to help with um, equality movements. So I imagine that religious stuff might be on the up and coming. The chaplain that I currently have at my command, who's the head chaplain, is a Muslim chaplain, and he's very involved in the command. So who knows? Maybe in the next year or two, we might start hearing more stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely when you get it. Yeah, that'd be really nice. I mean, the more more open it is to different. I mean, the religious landscape of the United States is changing. And so I think, you know, the by default, the the Department of Defense has to kind of move with it. I mean, there's just no really getting around it. Uh, a lot of the mainstream religions are seeing a, a big decline. And a lot of people are doing like yourself, exploring and seeing what feels good, what what seems to fit right with me. And, and uh, it's not the same answers that it used to be 40 years ago. Or at least people are more open to alternative paths now than what they were before. Like even back before paganism really got that first heavy stride in what the seventies and eighties, people were probably too scared to say, I don't like the way this feels. What else is out there? Oh, I have, I, I've, I don't have connections to anything. I can't explore or try to figure it out. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll probably end up changing and be more fluent within different areas of our lives. At least I hope so, because it is, you know, one of the things that we tout about America is, you know, freedom of religion, but only if you're, you know, X, Y, or Z, none of those other weird ones. You can only be these ones. When you, uh, Caitlin, just wanted to follow up on something I said a few minutes ago, when you get a chance, uh, go back and any of our listeners that are interested more in in Hellenic polytheism, go back and listen to episode number 78. It's called The New Mystery Tradition. And we introduced or or we interviewed uh, talking about someone that is creating a new mystery tradition and reconstruction versus revivalism, mystery schools, and all that sort of thing. So it's a really good episode if you're interested in Hellenic polytheism to go take a listen to. I will definitely go back and read that one. Um, I, I actually want to transition from your Hellenic path into what you are, I know you said you're beginning to explore it, um, demonology, right? Demonology, yeah. Um, what, what pulled you in that direction? What was it that, I mean, cause you're, you seem to be walking very, not rigid, but you're pretty solid on this Hellenic path. And then this one kind of blindsided you a little bit. I feel like. 
a little bit, yeah. Um, previously, um, some Lucifer and some other demons had come forward, but I was like, I was like, there's a lot going on. Demon, we're gonna put it on the back burner, and we will get to that at a later time. And it's now a later time, and they're like, let's go. Um, so I just did a reading earlier this week. I did some divination and. Lucifer, Lilith, and Asmodeus all came in very heavily. There was some other minor ones, but they were like, we're just here for a little while. We're just going to help us with stuff, and then we're going to head out. We're just the support team. They're the the real real guys. You hang out with them, but we're just helping the transition. It's cool. They're like, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Um, it's quite a wild support team, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, but for the most part, uh, I know that when I was asking them some questions, they were like, yeah, demonolatry is not going to be like the major part. Like the Hellenic part of your practice is always going to be like very like upfront. Um, hmm. And like, I was real surprised when Brigitte came through. I was like, I thought I wasn't going to have any Celtic. They were like, yeah, not like really. There's gonna be here every now and then, but it's not gonna be a major part. We're just flavoring. Don't worry about us, dear. They're like, well, she's like, well, I'm already here for your mom. I might as well come and help you. <laughs> I'm literally next door. It's fine. I see you're giving these guys offerings and gifts. I would also like some. Your ancestors have been yelling at all of you for a while, so I thought I would just help. <laughs> yeah, because clearly y'all are fucking bullheaded and nobody's listening. Me at my mother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally unfamiliar with being bullheaded and stubborn around here, so I have no, no idea what the we... fuck you're talking about. <laughs> nope. Not a clue. I do everything I'm supposed to do when I'm oh, supposed to do it. I, I sometimes feel like deity, like that's their starting point. Like they look down and see, well, who's the most stubborn humans we can find? Oh, there's a good candidate right there. <laughs> I think that is like some of the starting qualifications. They go like the pound and they're like, which one is your worst behaved? That one? <laughs> yeah. Give me that one. <laughs> stubborn and ADHD? I can work with this shit. <laughs> The problem is when they start figuring out your ADHD and how it works better than you do. (laughs) And then you're doing work for them and not even realizing it. And it's like, you, you have a hyper focus. Oh, motherfucker. (laughs) Do we have a job for you? I noticed that they've been doing that lately. Um, So I came back from an anime convention over Memorial Day weekend. And I had just noticed that I was getting like, significantly less communication through like you know like instagram and tiktok and like emails and i was like there's no notifications for me to check i have nothing to do and they're like you have things to do go do them and i'm like but what if i just sit and scroll on tiktok and they're like no (laughs) and then i still procrastinate and they were like, are you serious? We cleared your schedule and you're still procrastinating. That's what I cleared schedules for, right? That's so I can insert other shit into it. So we've been like cleaning the house because at the end of our lease, they're going to be moving elsewhere. So I've been just like cleaning. And so by procrastinating, I'm just going through all the various parts of my room and cleaning shit out and donating stuff. And they're like, 
good for you for being productive, but that's not what we meant. <laughs> you know what? Close enough. We'll let you do it for now. And you get the, the bombastic side eye. <laughs> it's like they've got an open-ended calendar invite and they just keep adding stuff to your schedule and you don't realize it. I, I kind of get that. So um, a few of the gods that I worship besides the, the heathen ones are um, Dionysus and Apollo. And while not completely on the back burner, it's interesting how especially Dionysus will float in and out of my life and a flurry of activity will ensue. Um, I very much feel in a similar way to when you were talking about your demonolatry work, you know, Hey, we're here. Um, Dionysus sometimes floats in and out of my life where there's this, okay, let's do this thing. Let's get all the nitty gritty done. Okay. And I will see you in a couple of months. Good luck in the meantime. Peace. Um, Sometimes, sometimes that God comes in like a whirlwind. And then Apollo, on the other hand, uh, who I've primarily worshipped as Apollo Lycaeus through most of the, the years that I've known him, um, has been kind of a steady presence in my life. So I definitely can kind of like see both sides of it from your Hellenic to the de- demonolatry practice. And I, yeah, my brain was kind of like, wow, that's a, that's a hell of a switch. But on the other hand, it's like, eh, kind of. Because, like, my main squeeze is the heathen gods, but on the other hand, when the Hellenics come through, it's like, all right, here's a bunch of shit to do, let's go! <laughs> yeah, recently Apollo and Artemis um, have stepped back, and that, for me, was, like, a big notice of, like, ooh, the energy feels different. Why? And then I was, when I was sitting down and realizing that, like, Apollo really had left, I was like, ah, that's why the energy got so serious. This energy does not feel serious to me. Because <laughs> Lilith came in and she's like, time to work, bitch. <laughs> um. I haven't done a whole lot of work with Lilith, but let me tell you, when you start like defending her as a being to people who often talk down about her, she shows up like a fucking wrecking ball and is like, "Sup, bitch? How's it going? Let's do this thing." And I'm just like, "I just, I, 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 what? Time out." Oh yeah, and I'm, I think like right now, especially since Olaf came in, that her and Aphrodite are ganging up on me. I just recently Probably. had a breast reduction surgery after fighting for it for years, yeah. and. They're like, we're going to redefine your entire self-confidence and you're going to be a bad bitch. And I'm like, I'm already a bad bitch. What else do we need to do? <laughs> You're sitting there tears streaming down. I love that. I'm already a bad I'm bitch. already a bad bitch. <laughs> One of my other friends who recently became pagan and is on her own path, Lilith is also part of her team. And she's like, am I next? And I was like, yes, you're next. I kind of appreciate how you call it like your team. Um, it reminds me of how Mama Joy used to talk about spiritual frames. Uh, when we'd go to Mission Pagan Fest together, she would talk about people's spiritual frames. And uh, it kind of reminds me of how she'd talk about 
that kind of thing where the spiritual frame for her would include, you know, gods, ancestors, and spirits. And I really like that, how, how you put the, your team instead of like, you know, these are my Hellenic gods. These are my heathen gods. These are my Celtic gods. It's like, no, this is just, this is my team. These are the, these are folks that are with me. I like that a lot. I like to do it. Cause like I have a couple of friends who are coming in and their paths are all very different. Like this one for her name is Amber. Her, her team is like, has like Hellenic, and then it has some demons, and then it has a bunch of archangels. Oh, and that was a real fun reading for me to do when I was doing her. I was like, do you want a team reading? And she's like, sure. And I was like, oh, oh, archangels. I have never had that happen before. I did a team reading for another friend, and their entire team currently is just Aphrodite, Dionysus, and Hermes. And it's like, when I say, because I did another person's reading, and theirs was actually insane like it had like dragons and angels and jewish entities and i was just like oh whoa <laughs> like explaining to people of like this is your spirit team it can include multitudes definitely helps newer folks that i've met kind of like understand how to interact with spirits at least in their practice I always like the uh, the the Christians or Catholics or more monotheistic uh, followers when they come into paganism and they're like, I'm going to follow this one path strictly and I'm not going to look at any of these other paths because this is the path I'm on. And then they're walking along all happy and joyfully and then they run into the shin of an adjacent religion that is from like a few countries over from the one that they're at and then standing next to them is from one that's like from around the globe and they're like wait a second hang on nope you're not supposed to hear no you're not supposed to be here either like what is happening and angels no i gave you fuckers up and they're like suck it bitch we're still here (laughs) it's just it's amusing to to watch the roller coaster of that um yeah, I, I didn't have anything. That that was it. My brain just <laughs> stopped. Great, thanks. Uh, Caitlin, so tell us a little bit more about the the cosplay you do and the the kind of the fandoms that you're into. Uh, so definitely within my life, they've been sort of like separated from my path. But I've been cosplaying for about eight years now. Um, I definitely lean more towards like anime. I've done some Disney and a little bit of Marvel. Um, I have been like slowly dragged into uh, video game cosplay, even though I do not game. <laughs> um, and then also been getting into more like book cosplays. Um, my true love, Percy Jackson, has always been there for me whenever I need it. <laughs> um, but it's definitely been far more anime cosplays. Percy Jackson and your Hellenic stuff. Huh. Coincidence, I say. <laughs> um, but it's definitely been a lot more anime. Um, I got into it sort of like by accident. Um, when I was in college the first time, um, I was going to school in Northern Virginia. And a friend of ours who lived on our floor was going to a really small convention in um, D.C. And they were like, I don't want to ride the metro by myself. And we're like, "Okay, we'll all go. Because one of the days of the convention was Halloween. So we were like, ah, we can just go buy some Halloween costumes. It'll be fine. 
And so we just got Halloween costumes and we went to this convention. We were like, this is so fun. The next, uh, the February after that, we went to our first major convention, which was KatsuCon in Maryland. And we were like, ah, yes, we have found our fixation. And then from there, I just continued to go. And I've traveled all across the country to go to conventions. Um, I've showed pictures to coworkers and they're like, cool. Um, But as time has gone on and my cosplay skills have got better, they're like, oh, yes, this is so cool. And then if I show them a character that they know, like when I did Princess Anna from Frozen, they were like, oh, my gosh, you look just like the character. Um, And it's been a journey as makeup, clothing skills, prop making skills, um, my own packing skills when I travel for conventions. Um, And I found an amazing community throughout the various fandoms. Um, Also, especially like the Critical Role D&D fandom. Um, That was right when COVID hit was when I had got into Critical Role. And then it was just, ah, yes, everything D&D. I was doing like six different games a week and cosplaying like every other night and when I had the energy of a 20 year old I could not be doing that now oh my goodness good lord that's that's a lot I D&D like every other weekend at the most but recently it's been once a month and I'm always so burnt out after every time we play I couldn't imagine playing that much and also adding cosplay on top of it like that is so much but it was who, so much. my best friend was like how 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 are you still alive and you're like red bull and chocolates let's do this um so I I kind of felt like an interesting little ping when you were talking about um, doing the the makeup and clothing and, you know, stuff like that and trying to get into this whole cosplay thing Um, because you've been doing cosplay a lot longer than you have been walking a pagan path. Um, But I feel like, and, and you specifically said that they are separate from, you know, your pagan path and everything like that. But I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because you can kind of incorporate the work that you're doing with Aphrodite and Lilith into your cosplay work. And I know, and I'm sure Jim knows this, that when you get dressed up in those costumes, whatever they might be, you kind of take on a persona or an energy of that character and somehow you're walking straighter, your shoulders are back, your head is higher, and you have this like air about you that you have no idea where it came from. But you can take that and kind of push it into your everyday life with the help of the the goddesses that are trying to teach you to be a more badass bitch, if you will. Yeah, I, I'm glad you um, said something, this Storm, was- because I had the same sort of feeling. I was definitely feeling like... I feel like there's a, a nudge there to say that that I, I feel like the nudge I'm feeling is the encouragement for you to make sure you're being theatrical enough in your spiritual work. 
whether that's costuming or just how you how you set, design your rituals or something. I, I I do. I'm kind of feeling that same sort of push. Like I think there's might be more overlap than you suspect. I've heard that before. One of my friends had brought that up previously, but for me, cosplay, especially lately, it takes so much energy to just get into cosplay. Understandable. It, it's so much harder to do. Like I recently, like I think it was three nights ago, four nights ago, I finally got into cosplay outside of a convention for the first time in like almost a year. And I just had like a rush of energy. And I was like, I can do this cosplay. But for me, I found that because some people, when they put on the cosplay, they like to like be the character. I'm just me in a costume that I, of a character that I really like. Some of them, I feel like, cooler hotter than others but it's still just me because i specifically choose characters and i'm like this character's a lot like me i like this character we have a lot of similarities very rarely will i do a character that like i don't know or i don't know much about um but like the few characters that have really like unexpectedly vibed with so much harder weren't really sexy ones because i had a really hard time like being sexy on purpose because purity culture and all of its bullshit. <laughs> um, the characters that I really buy more than expected were like really out of the loop, like Miss Joke from My Hero Academia, who is a side character of all side characters. But I was able to just put my own spin on her, and I had a great time. Or like Shira, who is not sexualized that much. But I was like, I feel big and powerful. Men should fear me. Yeah, I'm not getting the feeling like uh, when I when I feel when I say theatrical or co- they might be overlap. I'm definitely not getting the 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 feeling like put on your cosplay as a character and 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 do a ritual or something. It's definitely more of the encouragement that a lot of these skills are applicable to designing really awesome ritual garb or things like that things that are going to make you feel more magical or more connected to the work that you're doing that's at least where i'm feeling out of it but i don't know everybody's got to choose their own way it's just the nudge that i got apparently storm got it as well so well and and this is the last thing i'll say about it because i don't want to be pushy but (laughs) when you're in (laughs) time 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 to stop no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to run too many people over with buses, okay? That's not fair. Um, what I'm talking about is it doesn't have to be a big and elaborate thing because I know getting dressed up like that because uh, my husband and I do Viking reenactment stuff. And I will agree, getting dressed up and wearing Viking garb and the, the leather and the swords and the belts and the pouches and the furs and the walking around in clothing that you're not used to wearing can be exhausting and tiring. But just a tiny acknowledgement of, okay, I'm stepping, especially because you said you mostly cosplay characters that you feel are similar to you, that you have like similar strengths or similar actions or similar, like you, you feel drawn to them specifically. You can just bring a little bit of attention to them and be like, help me bring that energy back into my own life. Like with a, I believe you said Xena, right? Uh, her strength and being, you know, big. Shira, She-Ra, yeah. A uh, big, strong woman and men should fear me. Like you can bring a little ounce of that energy back into your own life. And 
walk a little taller in your own life and be like, men should fucking fear me because I'm a badass. You know, it, it doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing, just a tiny little acknowledgement of there is magic here. There is, there's something here that I can draw from and pull back with me when I come back into my own cosplay, my own skin, my own person and being, but I have two questions for you because I'm a total, total nerd for critical role. And I will argue with anybody in this community that I love critical role. Like dimension 20 is awesome. And uh, dice cream sandwich is awesome and like all those other ones are awesome but critical role was my gateway drug into D&D kind of I mean my husband played vampire and stuff like that so we kind of got in through that but I was like nah, I don't really get it like this is kind of weird and then I watched critical role and honestly that show is what inspired me to become a writer just their kindness and their their pay their their community, everything like that just got me there. So my two questions is one involving critical role, one involving not critical role. Um, Who is your favorite character? Character, not actor, character. So it could be a Matt character. Um, And what is your favorite cosplay that you have done in your time of cosplaying? So for critical role, my favorite character is Molly Mock Tealeaf. And I cry every time I hear his name because he should have had more time. Should have had all the time in the world. Um, as far as kins go, Beauregard Lionette. I love her to death. And I'm like, oh, this character is making me feel things. Yep, that's me as a character. I don't need this today. Um, my favorite cosplay of all time that I've done. It's so hard for me to pick. Do top three. Cause I'm like thinking like the, the my favorite one to wear is definitely um oh, I shouldn't say that. The one I've worn the most and done the most versions of is Ochaka Uraraka from my hero academia. That is my my character that I have put through every AU that I could possibly think of. Um a comfort character, but I don't really have comfort characters. Um, my favorite cosplay, it's so difficult. I would have to say, um, what I did Jester from Critical Role. When I did her the first time, which was just at home, just for doing TikToks, was, in my opinion, the best makeup I've ever done and the best, like, time that I've had. Um, but the best... My favorite cosplay that I've worn to like a convention that I was out and about and like being with people would probably have been um, Beto from Genshin. I did her at a convention last year um, and it was so much fun because I would be a drunk sailor in real life as a character because that's what she is. Um, and I felt empowered and I loved it that's awesome I so when we lost Molly we got them back though for a very very short time at the end um spoilers sorry everyone um (laughs) (laughs) I know spoilers after the fact kind of suck I'm sorry um but he he was 
shine bright circus man seriously he was amazing and i actually read his book they are why well, i read the lucian book that they released which was really good and i feel like they captured lucian very well but there were still like aspects of molly mock in there i like i could pick that book apart for like the next 10 years but anyway um my favorite character is caduceus and while i loved molly very much we would have never had caduceus if molly hadn't have left us and it's mostly just because of his aloofness to everything but being insanely wise and having the most crazy line drops and slaps across the face of being like excuse me you cow man really or walking past a horse and being like hey big guy and just keep going amazing (laughs) i aspire to be that much zen and chill in my life but it's never gonna happen (laughs) um the character i most identify with caleb 100 percent my sad wizard boy. I will take him with me forever. Put him in my pocket. Carry away. I love Caleb. I love like all of the Caleb Bo Empire siblings. Oh, everything! Ah, beautiful. They did such a good job. I, I love so, the just the, love the sibling. Yeah, I love the sibling energy between them. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, I yeah, I I will be. Someone else, please talk, because I will talk about Curdle Curl for the next hour and a half. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caitlin, the best place people can find your cosplays or stuff is is that uh, Instagram or? Yes, Instagram. Um, my TikTok and my Instagram are the same handle. It's worthy underscore COS. Um, but if anybody wants to like actually talk to me, Instagram is the best place to go because I am on there at all times. Um I actually deleted my personal account like two months ago because I hadn't been on it in like three years because I was only on my cosplay account. (laughs) Understandable. Understandable. Well, I, you know, is, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Any other questions that, that you had storm or Sarah thought, are we, uh, how are we doing? No, I, I, I just really appreciate that you're, you're willing to, share so much of yourself, your fandom, your interests and your life in general. And I appreciate you coming on the show and being willing to be so open with it all and sharing the stuff that you have through Causeworthy and sharing what you have here on the show. Um, It's pretty obvious just from listening to you talk, just how passionate you are both about your cosplay and your pagan path and how much your your various passions just really imbue your life with this, this warmth and this happiness. And I love to see it. Um, whether you're, you're the, the conversation you just had about critical role just really makes me, reminds me of, of my own fandom stuff. Uh, my earlier gushing about the uh, spider verse stuff. Um, <laughs> I just really, I really appreciate people who are just really into their, their, their passions and their hobbies. And that's awesome. I think that we could really, in general, just use more of that. And I'm, I'm hoping that, um, as you transition out of military to civilian life, that a lot of these hobbies and passions just really sustain you in ways that they clearly already are, but even more so as you kind of make that transition. Agreed. Agreed. 
yeah, good luck uh, and many successes on your transition out of military into into more civilian life. Any big plans in that regard? Uh, so I'm planning on going back to school once I get out. Um, I'm going back to school online right now, but I'm planning on transferring to a different school. I'm going to school for anthropology because later down the line, I want to like go further into learning about ancient mainly greek religions and like being able to revive them because a lot of texts and artifacts were destroyed when christianity swept through the region um and hopefully cure some of the misinformation that is out there because there's a lot oh yeah 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 there definitely is yes well thank you caitlin so much for joining us we really appreciate having you on and uh, thank you, as always, to all of our listeners, our wonderful Patreon supporters, the people who like and share our show. Give us good reviews and all that other awesome stuff that you do for us. We we appreciate you and, and, and love you very much for all that support. And uh, with that, we will talk to you all next time around the fire. <laughs>